Good morning. So our reading this morning is from the book of Hebrews, uh, chapter 11, beginning with verse 1. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. This is the word of the Lord. 41 years ago, I married my wife. I was quite young. I know that's what you were thinking. I was 11 days away from having been 19 years old. On June 12th, I turned 20 after 11 days. We were married. I wouldn't recommend it. Not marriage. I recommend that. I wouldn't recommend getting married as young as we did. But everybody around us was doing it. Matter of fact, many of my friends got married right out of high school. It was a thing to do. Part of our story is that we were high school sweethearts, so we dated for four years. Another part of our story is that we were engaged for two years. Absolutely foolish. I would never recommend that. You can just about imagine the difficulties of a two-year engagement. In a two-year engagement, there is a sense of already, not yet. The already is that we were absolutely committed to one another. The not yet, we weren't yet married. That difficulty loomed large for us. And I want to suggest that there's some sense in which that difficulty that we experienced is similar to the difficulty and the delight that we all experience as Christians. The phrase in Paul's epistles that is used by far more than any other is a prepositional phrase, in Christ. There are so many uses of this phrase, I won't go through all of them, but I'll mention several. Paul says we have liberty in Christ. He says we're sealed and guaranteed in Christ. He says that we are sanctified in Christ. He says that we are wise in Christ. And he says that we walk in Christ. In Christ, already those things are true, but they're not complete. Not yet. So I want you to consider with me just the overarching theme of already not yet, which is going to be the theme of the semester. By considering several ways in which this is true. 
The first, according to scripture, we are already adopted as children of God, but not yet fully. Hear these passages of scripture. Romans eight fifteen. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Do you notice the present tense, the present nature of the description that Paul's giving you concerning your status? You're an adopted child of God. And so you cry, Abba, Father, right here, right now. But then in that same passage, by verse 23, Paul makes this statement. The whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly, listen, as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. Paul, you said we're already adopted. Yes, I did, but not yet. You already have the inheritance, but it is not complete. So first, we're already adopted, but not yet. Second, we're already redeemed. Or let's insert the word that we most frequently use, saved. We're already saved. Some of you need to hang on to your chairs because we're not yet saved. Are, are we delivered from the bondage of sin? Yes, we cry, Abba, Father. Are we any longer slaves to sin? Not being in Christ, we're not. But we're not saved. We're not fully redeemed. Listen to these words, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7. In him we have redemption, salvation. Through his blood, the forgiveness of our transgressions or trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time. We're redeemed. We're saved. But not yet. Listen to these words in Romans chapter 5, verse 9. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more will we be saved by him from the wrath of God that is to come? In other words, the story has not been completely written. The wrath of God is coming. A judgment upon sin. We're not there yet. Yes, we're redeemed, but our redemption is still incomplete. Already, not yet. 
Or how about this idea? We're already sanctified in Christ, but not yet. These words always amazed me to the church at Corinth. And I'll say why in a moment if you don't remember already. Here are the words in the opening. Verse 2, chapter 1. To the church of God in Corinth, to those sanctified in Jesus Christ, called to be saints together with all those in every place that call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Saints. Sanctified. Now let's remember who they were. They were a group of people who were divided. There were divisions in the church. There was constant quarreling. The church was always on the edge of splitting apart. Paul said, some of you say you follow Peter. Some of you say you follow Apollos. Some of you say you follow me. I have a question for you. Where is Jesus? This was a huge problem. And Paul identifies it right up front. But they're the sanctified ones. Not only were there divisions and quarreling among them, there was actually chaos in worship. Absolute chaos. There was misuse of spiritual gifts. As a matter of fact, they thought themselves of themselves so highly that they were spiritual elitists. Concerning themselves to have already arrived and had supernatural spiritual knowledge. And Paul says, no, not at all. But they're sanctified. This is also a church that was degrading the Lord's Supper, the most sacred act we could be a part of together in community, degrading the Lord's Supper and turning it into a gluttony love feast. And Paul calls them out for it. This was a church that was widely known among all the epistles as being a church that struggled with sexuality. As a matter of fact, one of the members of that church was involved with another person of the family, incest. Paul says, are you kidding me? Not even the pagans do this. Okay, let me go back and read the first verse again. Second verse. To the church of God in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints together with all those in every place that call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Saints, I got a message for you. You're sanctified, but not yet. Paul goes on to make the not yet explicitly, at least more clear. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 and 24, may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful and he will surely do it. Do you notice the the tense that is not present? 
the future tense. You will be sanctified. There's some sense in which when you read, you will be sanctified, your first inclination is to say that I'm not. But Paul has already said you're sanctified by being in Christ. But you're not yet sanctified completely. Friends, this is a tension throughout the New Testament. And we want to explore it a little bit more. Here's the final one I refer to, and there will be more in our series. We are already raised with Christ, but not yet. That one seems to be a little more obvious, doesn't it? God, Ephesians 2, 6, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised up with him. You've been resurrected with him already and seated already in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That sounds pretty final until you remember 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 52. I tell you this, brothers, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment. In the twinkling of an eye, at the sound of the last trumpet, For the trumpet of God will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we shall be changed. I mentioned one time to some some people's consternation that when I buried my father, I put my hand on his casket and said in clear and certain hope of the resurrection of the dead. What was my pronouncement? Ten years ago, we buried him. And if you were to exhume that grave, his body would still be there. Decayed, yes, but still there. Or to put it another way, he's not yet been raised. What does that mean? It's clear according to Paul that the resurrection of the body happens on the last day. But we're raised right here, right now. How do we work that out? I I told my wife last night when I was finishing up the sermon I said, now I'm a little worried about this sermon and about the series. <laughs> I, I don't know why you laugh and why you think I'm worried, but in particular, this sermon, I said, I'm afraid it's too much me. Now, I don't mean by that I'm grandstanding. What I mean by that is I love this stuff. 
I delight in the tension and the paradox of scripture. I'm invigorated by the fact that I don't fully understand. I'm entranced by the, tranced by the glory of God that is still so far beyond my understanding. We have frequently said around here that we don't have all the answers, but we refuse to avoid the difficult questions. And these are a series of difficult questions. How do you work this out? So I hope it's um, not too much fun for me personally (laughs) because I want it to be beneficial for all of us. Now, let me circle back around to the analogy of our engagement once again. We were committed to one another for the full two years of our engagement. There was not a hint of anybody else in the picture. We were for each other. Before we were married, during our engagement for two years, we planned our life around one another. We didn't plan our life around one another for the future. We planned our life around one another right then. As if we were already married, except for a few exceptions. Of course, we anticipated the future together. Our hopes and our dreams. Many of them didn't come true. And that's the beauty of committed love. We didn't see ourselves two years before the marriage as two individuals. We actually saw ourselves as one. Even before marriage. And we viewed our commitment as just the beginning and not complete. All this is the way we lived before marriage. I think you might be able to see the analogy without me beating it to death. But I want to make an application to faith. We've been adopted and we will be adopted. So we live like children of God. We've been saved and we are being saved and we await our final salvation. We are sanctified. We are being sanctified and we await complete purification. We are complete, my friends, in our incompleteness because of Christ. It's possible, you know, that instead of being disturbed by that tension, you can rest in it. To believe and not fully understand. Because that's the nature of faith. Not to have all the answers, not to fully understand, 
but continue to trust. I um, think about the church at Corinth, all the problems it has. And then I think, well, we've made some progress, right? And then I get realistic, we haven't. I, I got a great picture for you, um, if it comes up. It's a Rembrandt painting of the Apostle Paul. Can you see it? He's got his head in his hand, a quill in his right hand, parchment in front of him. It's supposed to depict the writing to the churches in wherever. I don't know who it was, but somebody sent me this picture and I've never been able to find it since. And it was great because there was a caption over this picture. (laughs) And the caption was, to the church in America, I don't even know where to start with you guys. (laughs) Yeah, we are that church, aren't we? We're already redeemed, but not yet. Already sanctified, but not yet. And we look to the glorious hope of the completion that comes through Christ. I hope you'll enjoy the series. I hope you'll embrace the tension. I hope you will face the mystery and love God more completely. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you um, for the gift uh, of salvation, for the gift of the scriptures, and for the gift of history. So as we consider the ways in which it was true and is true that we already are, but not yet, you'll not only allow us to have hearts of integrity to look inward and to actually ask the question and then give us that enduring, eternal, overwhelming, delightful hope that in you, we have already been sealed, but in you, our redemption is in the future. What a beautiful thought. And as we walk together by faith, give us a collective commitment to live as children who are adopted. But we haven't been to the court yet. And the papers haven't been signed completely. We look forward to that day. What a glorious day it's going to be when all of this is complete. Until that day, make us faithful. In the name of Christ, our risen Lord, we pray. Amen.